0: This episode of Finding Demo Surf Fishing is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. Head on over to DSCustomTackle.com and take a look at all the products that they have for terminal tackle and products available for lures and rigs. Lots of great things there. So thanks. Go on over to DSCustomTackle.com and get yourself set up for success on your next running on the surf. This week on Finding Demo Surf Fishing, I'm changing the game on you a little bit here. Again, you're going to have to listen to me flap my jibs for a little while. We're talking about tournament fishing. And no, we're not talking about the walleye tournament, no, we're not doing that. I just got done fishing in two back-to-back tournaments, one in Georgia and one here in Florida, and a lot of the lessons learned that I got from that are going to last a long time for me, because they're going to help me be a better angler next time I go out there and do that, but also while I'm out fishing. So I'm going to share that knowledge with you, hopefully it helps you out. you listen to Find Demo Surf Fishing. Here we go. Oh yeah. All right, new week, lots of fun stuff to talk about. Hope you've been doing well out there catching a bunch of fish. We got the season changing here on us. It's finally starting to cool off. That means that water temperature's coming down, more stuff going to come in there and start biting. And I'm excited for that because I love the idea of getting out there and just catching limits. But this week I'm going to kind of change the, like I said in the beginning there, change the game on you a little bit. and I want to talk about tournament fishing. So Abby and I, we traveled over to Georgia to go fish in the Kids Can Fish Foundation as a St. Simon's Island Running of the Bulls tournament, and we had an absolute blast. Granted, we did not catch a bull, <laughs> and that was 100% in my opinion due to me uh, and some of the stuff I did, but there were some other factors too that do play a fact uh, or play, play a factor in the game of fishing that I also want to talk to you about tonight. So uh, if you haven't heard about Kids Can Fish, uh, we did an episode not too long ago. Tom and I went really in-depth with uh, how he fishes and the foundation, and it got really good. And then I really saw it in action while we were there at St. Simon's Island, and I am fully 100% involved as much as humanly possible without being on their board or anything like that uh I am now a very large happy supporter for Kids Can Fish so anything I can do for them I am absolutely going to try to do so if you didn't know with Kids Can Fish that is a foundation they are a 501c uh 501c3 I believe it's a proper code I don't have it written down so don't get too mad at me there uh but they are a great organization that is out there helping kids get out and fish when it comes uh, with camps, equipment, gear, stuff like that, you're going to see more of their stuff coming up here uh, near, in the near future with camps and other things that they're traveling. They can't be everywhere yet. Uh, maybe one day we'll be lucky and we'll have them international, which would be really cool. But Tom and Caroline and their whole family have been pouring their heart and soul into this, and it, it really shows. While we were out there, the whole Lewis family was out there supporting the entire operation and the everything that went with it so they were really getting after it and trying to help the kids get better and catch fish and they had a ton of giveaways uh, rods rigs reels uh, lots of stuff but they also had a bunch of auction items if you wanted the silent auction and if you wanted to bid or, or I'm not I'm sorry not bid but Put in your giveaway, money for giveaway for tickets. Lots of great stuff was given away. Um, We may have spent a little bit of money on some tickets. Uh, We don't need to discuss how much. But the cool part was is we also won a bunch. So I was really happy about that. Uh, First time I've won so much after that in a drawing. That was a super score. This last tournament, all the proceeds that came through go back to uh, helping the foundation for the camps and equipment. So all the money that was raised gets thrown back in, and that's huge because it helps them out and it helps uh, helps them continue the mission that they're doing. Now, the tournament itself was very tough fishing, (laughs) and there was a couple of factors that I didn't really take into account until hindsight. One, we had a hurricane recently go through there and it changed the water a little bit but it also created all the water movement we had a king tide massive swell and with the east coast you've heard me talk about on other podcast when i've been out with people that is that tide swing on the atlantic ocean man it is it is real i mean we were walking probably 150 yards from where we started to low tide and then also you know trying to move it back and walk it out Man, that stuff was real. So a king tide definitely moved up a lot of things. After the hurricane, with that also, we had a lot of debris in the water. Lots of sticks, uh, grass, stuff like that. When we talked to Tom about it, Tom said, it's never been like this. So you know, a lot of that water was coming out from the inlet and getting moved out. And Water does what water does. It's going to move stuff. It, it was definitely uh, like, okay, well, we're just going to have to deal with this. There wasn't a ton of current either. I mean, the tide moved, but you, you know, if you cut off a piece of bait and you threw it out for the fish to eat, it wouldn't be a shock to find it right in front of you a little while later as the tide was moving. Yeah, it just really hung out there. So we really had to kind of think about that as we were fishing it and kind of plan ahead. It's like, look, it's not moving. So you got backwards movement, forwards movement. That also being said, I didn't go out and do a good scouting job. I got into town and we just went right to fishing. So I wasn't looking for cuts or anything like that and or the trough, which we found the first day we went fishing, we we found it and it wasn't that far offshore and it went out and that helped us for the next day. The <laughs> the weird happenstance with that though was uh, I did fish the trough on one of my rods and I did manage to catch the smallest, cutest little redfish. <laughs> It was 13 inches. Smallest red I've ever caught. Uh, it, it helped me <laughs> win the smallest red of the tournament, which was really cool, and I'm <laughs> still laughing about it. As you can hear here, I'm legitimately laughing, uh, especially with the photos that came from that. Thanks, Brett, from Fish Bites for that. <laughs> I appreciate you and your sister and her great Photoshop job. I, uh, I've now been dubbed the king of the smalls, and uh, I will happily wear that title, Stay tuned, because we might have some cool stickers coming from that and some other stuff. But, you know, it, it was a lot of fun to catch it because it was a very slow bite. So we caught that in the trough, and then everything else, you know, we, we weren't finding the good cuts. Now, there were plenty of fish caught. Uh, I believe it was somewhere around the lines of 10, maybe 15. It, it, was, it was tough fishing for everybody in that zone. So not only with the king tide, we also had a super moon, And that was quite... The thing that you've heard me mention before that I don't love. The illumination was extremely bright all night. So that meant the fish were just going to town and gourding themselves all day, all night when they could or vice versa, eating heavy at night and chilling during the day. There was one person, uh, Brian Curlette from Surfishing Fishing Solutions. Brian was out there with his wife Chantel and they were fishing the nighttime uh, just because they were in the area and they wanted to ha- have that they were kind of helping out with the whole thing and scouting. At night, he said they were crushing it, and he was catching bull reds. No problem. So, uh, you know, the nighttime fishing was more productive than the day. I don't think the tournament should change that, though. I think the tournament was perfectly run with the timelines that they were for the kids and the family to do their time from the morning, you know, sun up to sun 4.30, 5 o'clock, I believe it was, everybody off the beach. So I thought that was really well organized for that. Well... Now let's get into the talking piece of the knowledge. With a king tide and high moon, you're going to have some definite trouble fishing. With a full moon like that, uh, it's great time to go out and do nighttime fishing. I wish I could have said, oh, you know what, I'm going to go do that and just go have some fun. I didn't. Uh, I enjoyed my hangout time with my friends and uh, Abby. We just enjoyed our relaxing evening. But it kind of got the gears turning for, all right, next time we're going to go fish full moon at night just to see how it goes. So with the tournament piece, it, it didn't help me, um, but that I attribute to where I put my lines. I don't attribute that to anything else. So really well run tournament. Uh really great people. Everyone was supportive. There were no bickering and complaining about anything really. Um it was just w- well done. So tough fishing but great time. I, I will happily do it again next year. It was kind of cool to have the judges available, and they were all volunteers. So the foundation sent out a message like, "Hey, anybody in the area, come volunteer to you know to verify fish, weigh fish, or I'm sorry, measure fish, and make sure that they were properly released." With that, the judges also reported back in, and the weight or all the catches were reported on Facebook for everybody to follow through. And be like, oh, who caught fish, and follow the leaderboard. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't had that before. Yeah, normally, in the normal tournaments, especially the next one we'll talk about, you, know, you show up and there it is. Here we go. We're on the board. We're going to play the game and hope for the best. So, I really enjoyed that little fact there. And it made it fun. And you could celebrate everybody that made a catch. Some of the other lessons learned, and I need to get better about this, is the Atlantic side, when the tide goes out, especially that ground, that sand is cement. It is super hard. So, walking around barefoot all day it kind of wears on us medium extra husky guys so i need to find myself a good pair of water shoes that are going to let sand out and give a little bit of comfort and support so it's not as bad while i'm out there so if you got a recommendation by all means fire it over to me and message her. i'd love to hear what you're wearing uh who knows I, (laughs) i need something uh so i found that pain hung out with me a little bit more until i got home too lasted a couple days, and then the next tournament we're going to talk about, I felt it again, even on our soft beaches. So, Some of the lessons learned from that tournament are going to be a hook and line setup. So I went in with a couple of different rigs, and uh, I, I was trying pretty much everything. So we were allowed one, two rods each, so it was two for me, two for Abby. And I had everything on from a mortician rig with uh, 30-pound snoods on two odd hooks, to uh, the demo HD rig from Rogue Reels, I had that on. Uh, I had the Rogue Reels Red Drum rig on. That was out there, and I believe I had one more. Uh, I had a self-tied double dropper that I was trying as well. Bait options went with. I brought mullet from Half Hitch here in Navarre. Brought that with me to Georgia. Uh, I even had sand fleas. Tried that. Tried tried everything I had for chunk bait and then whiting we caught a couple of those so i used some of that for cut bait and fish bites we were rocking it out with crab oh i did have crab blue crab as well i'm sorry I forgot about the crabbies so i had all that different bait on there and trying to make that work and it did catch me uh, the fish i did catch my baby red on a piece of small cut piece of mullet with a little bit of fish bites crab i believe it was on there as well got to get that sent out in the water. The bait combinations there worked out pretty well, I think. Uh, I know that Brett caught, uh, I'm sorry, Liam, his, uh, his boy caught a great bull red on a cut of crab and squid. They, uh, they put two bits together and designed it, and it caught a great bull red. Oh, bait options there, definitely fish bites and chunk fish. That, that was really good. Other reported catches were on mullet and, um, the, the, in Krabbies, though. So the bait options were really good. Make sure you stack that one. Scouting the beach is really important. I should have done that, and, man, I paid for that. Had I scouted the beach, I probably would have found a couple of other runouts that would have been smart for me to put my bait in, because that's where the current was moving, uh, unlike the rest of the beach, which was kind of featureless. That was on me, so scouting the beach is really important. Footwear, I I talked to you about that. Really, need to get better about making sure that I'm taking care of my feet out there because it it makes you extra tired the sun (laughs) man I was so glad I had my beach umbrella that sun was relentless all day I I, you know it's here in Navarre it's kind of great because the sun just kind of runs right in front of your face all day left to right so it's right in front of you over there it's you know face top of your head your back it's just all over you so Sunscreen. sunscreen 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 Wear it very much. So wear it. That's uh, that's very good. So the end of the tournament was a uh, we all got together and did the did the awards, and it was great. I mean, watching the kids win, watching the guys win the Calcutta with thirty seven spots on this red drum, it was so cool. And the money was huge. Uh, you know, they they took the proceeds and they took their bit that they needed for the foundation, and then the anglers got theirs really really good prizes so next year we're definitely going to fish it again i can't wait i want to help them with that and support and uh i look forward to getting back out there with abby it's it's going to be a lot of fun so if you're looking at it don't forget mark your calendars for next october they're going to start opening it back up here pretty soon for uh tickets i think they're going to keep the size limit low for people they want to keep it Enough that people can get in, but not so much that it's uh, super crowded on the beach. So really, really great time, and I'm very thankful that Kids Can Fish is here and that uh, they're running this tournament. Says so it was, it's going to be a good time, and I, I know they're going to continue to do really great things. This past weekend, we fished the Goodbye Pompano Fall Blast, hosted by Lost Key Outdoors and Perdido Blaine. And it's, it's nice to fish on your home turf, especially in a tournament like this. We went out after Pompano and Whiting were the two categories. And then the junior category was straight Pompano. We went out there and got after it. What I did not expect was the bite to be that difficult. It was a super challenging event. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know the good words to say here. It was just a hard-fought weekend and you uh you really had to have your game tight to to find some and just get it done lots of lots of anglers lots of people showed up to the weigh in and plenty of fish were weighed but in the end the winner was a 4 pounder and it was a pretty 4 pounder uh second place was a heavy 3 i believe third and fourth were 3s and 2s so Re- really good really good fish and the anglers that caught them uh, all said the same thing you know tough fight tough fight it ended up working so congratulations to them super super awesome uh the winner actually was not too far from where i was fishing they were probably about 200 yards down and uh they had, after i would talked to them both days because uh we, we went out back-to-back days to other spot we were at and they went to the same one and they'd even said I was like man you know there's it's like it's hot and then it's dead hot and then it's dead so uh, it wasn't it didn't matter where you were it was hard fighting in reality it was uh it was really fishing. It was definitely not catching. Then all throughout the area with this tournament ran from Alabama all the way to Panama City Beach, lots of uh lots of people into their normal honey holes were reporting the same thing. Very limited catches or smallies and it was just a constant constant battle. Well, we went out with a group. We had the East Coast guys come down, we had the Sinker guy. He was with us uh Barry from B.S. Char- Charters over there in the uh, Augustine area, uh, one of the other friends of ours, Dustin, he came out uh, from the East Coast and fished, and Justin Reed Fishing, he was out there, and our day started off in the spot that Justin and I were pretty sure was going to produce fish. It's it, it's been consistent for him and I. It's kind of a zone we we fish in. Well, it was a barren desert. Well, I didn't do the one thing that I always ask charter people about or anybody when I'm on the show. I always ask, you know, hey, if if the bite's not on fire, what do you do? Well, the normal answer is move. Okay. Well, I didn't take that advice. I was being a very lazy, lazy fisherman, and and that's just not cool. That was really short-sighted on my part. Well, thankfully... We had Chip the sinker guy who had no problem saying, look, we're moving. This is what we're doing. I'm going for a walk. And he did. He got in his cart and started pushing and just started seeking. Well, that paid off. He found a great spot. He started fishing it in Texas said, hey, get down here. Let's go. And we did. Well, once we got there, um, there was a small section that was probably about two to three yard uh, rods wide. Of really hot fishing. So if you had your rods in that sector, you were catching. And they were putting on a clinic. They were catching pompano of keeper size and heavier. They were catching, uh, we caught a black sea bass. Hard to believe that. That was a fun one. A couple of mangrove snapper. Well, where were these things coming from? And then, well, then the rod really started bending. And uh, Dustin caught himself and chip they both caught themselves some serious permit for our area i I'm, i've heard they're bigger but they were catching keeper permit and it was a sight to see i hadn't seen it done yet i hadn't seen i've never even really seen a permit that size up front or uh in reality I've seen it plenty on facebook but yeah never uh never there at the beach so it, it was pretty cool to see that happen live and after all that was said and done now, we all were pretty happy, and we fished into the evening. Same thing. We we caught our, our limit. Pretty much everybody caught a limit, and uh, we had some fish to weigh in. Well, turn it around. We went back out the next day, the same spot. The sun came up. We caught three Pompano, I believe it was, and then barren desert for the rest of the day. That hurt the soul. Unbelievably hurt the soul. We were dropping it in the same spot, same bait, changing bait, all these changing rigs, changing beads, changing floats, all these different tips, trips, tips, tricks, tactics. There's the words. We did all that together and no. They were not having it. The fish were just saying, No, that's a cool story, bro. I don't am no I'm not eating that today. So it made for a very, very painful Saturday. All in all, we uh, we took off a little bit early from the day and tried another location, and we did manage to find the whiting, and that's where we started fishing for whiting. So we went with that. Sunday morning, we got up and went out one more time, and uh, the bite was still dead slow. We were catching whiting and uh, some other stuff, but no pompies, not nothing there. Just couldn't seem to get any in. So, oh, it was it was rough. it, <laughs> it really wasn't fun. But it was still a life learning experience because from every, you know, tournament you fish in, you you take something away from it for next time to be able to get out there and not make the same mistakes. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into lessons learned there, shall we? One of the biggest lessons learned was bait diversity. Now, I've said that a hundred probably different times in numerous different episodes. Bait diversity is key and we had it. We had everything with shrimp, crabbies, fish bites. We had all the different flavors. We had sand fleas. I mean, we we had anything you could really use normally. We even had clams. We were throwing that out. The East Coast guys brought their clams. They love those things. They brought them over. Friday, man, it worked great. You know, we we were we were crushing them on crabs, crab knuckles, and crab fish bites. It was it was game on. There there was no stopping that bite. It was great. Saturday, not so much. Changed it up different ways. Tried shrimpies. Tried all these other ones. We couldn't get the pompies. We, I mean, we were getting other ones, but we just weren't getting the pompano. So bait diversity was really important that day. I, uh, you've heard me talk about it before, and I just mentioned it before, but we were using crab knuckles. Chip, uh, the sinker guy, he talked about crab knuckles probably over a year ago. Uh, And he introduced it to me and showed me what to do and how to do it. And I was like, okay, it makes sense. And then I started doing it and I was catching fish. So crab knuckles were just the way to go. And we were using them and it was working. Saturday and Sunday, (laughs) it wasn't working. (laughs) It was kind of depressing. But we still, you know, we did that in shrimpies. So uh, the lesson I did learn with the crab knuckles was I normally get mine If I can't get fresh, which is normally more often than not because I haven't really been pushing for it, but uh, I normally go to Winn-Dixie and go grab the blue crab that they use for gumbo. They have them in the freezer section. I'll cut those up and use it, and it's worked pretty well. Well, now I'm going to start getting live blue crab, uh, try to catch it for one, but also you know I'm going to try the local bait shops here and see if I can't get my hands on it or the local seafood markets. It worked really well. So, and now know it, right, you got to get live and dead. Kind of like how shrimp is fresh dead or fresh dead frozen, that that sort of stuff. Yeah, so it's the same thing there with the for the crabbies. Important little tip and trick there. Hooks and rigs and all that. Man, it it's a tough call on that one because I, mean, I was catching pompano on my salties pompano rigs I caught one on the brand new floats that he has. I was catching them on my mortician rig uh, that I have set up. Uh, I, you know my green get 'em rig beads. The those I was catching them with that. So it's it's kind of a crapshoot really. It, it to me it kind of really came down to bait on this one, uh, not so much the floats. They seem to be attacking, but you can definitely get on them for that. The other side was definitely targets and zones. Very, very heavily had to play the zone game, and accuracy and casting was ridiculously important this time. Normally, I don't really play the the uh, the accuracy game. Uh, I, I need to get better at it. I'll admit that, and I know it's important. And somebody's probably rolling their eyes, like, "Oh, you got to be accurate," or "You know, you're not going to land the fish." So we had a couple of circle, a little couple zones there that were very productive. And if you kept it in that zone, you were lights out fishing. If you were out of it, you weren't catching. So uh, accuracy after finding that spot, very, very key. So Make sure you're hitting the same place over and over and over. So that That's something I definitely need to work on and keep going with. So the lesson learned there, keep the bait. Fresh bait is a lot better than some of the dead frozen. Try to keep up with the bait on that. And uh, make sure your fish bites are cut and ready to go because once it's off, you got to get it right back on. Footwear, I mentioned that from the SSI. My feet were still hurting from the week prior uh, due to just constant walking on that hard stuff. So footwear, um, I need to find something that is also going to be better than my flip-flops because, you know, you're walking and you're trying to keep your toe in there and keep the flip-flop attached to your foot. So I need to find something that's going to hold up better and just stay on without... I don't know, sanding my feet raw <laughs> as you walk. That's that's definitely an important piece for that. Other than that, it was zones, bait, footwear, sunscreen, always important. Water, extremely important considering we were out there from sun up to sundown. So you got to make sure you're hydrated. Food, be prepared for that. All that stuff put together with the sunscreen piece. Uh, I know a little bit slide, uh, sight off track here, but uh, something I wanted to talk about with that is, you know, you put sunscreen on your hands, it's gonna get on your bait. That's not exactly ideal and probably a pain in the butt. So what an idea is, you know, if you got it, get those hands re clean, you know, use the sand to exfoliate that try to get that all that oil off. One of the things I do at home before I leave, I put the sunscreen on and then I wash my hands with Dawn. You know, it's a degreaser, get it all off there. Um, I do have some orange oil wipes that I use for my RV business that I had in the car. I used that as well, but that was to get the oil off. And then I uh, basically took a piece of fish bites, probably a two, three inch piece. Uh, I wet it and then I smeared it all over the bottom of my hands. So basically, hoping that the process would put the scent from the fish bites on my hands and uh, not the sunscreen, no oils there, and then rinse my hands off, and I was good to go, so uh, kind of a trick I've been using is that to try to get the smell off. I I don't know if it helped or hindered. I think it helped. I hope it helped, but uh, yeah, I don't have the the perfect answer for that, but if anybody does, I'd love to hear your thoughts, because hell, it's only going to help us all be better. So in the end of it, a tournament is a marathon, absolute marathon, if you're doing a couple-day tournament. And you got to be ready for the long haul. So uh, prepping ahead is really smart. Food, snacks, water, sunscreen, footwear, bait, plans, scouting the beach, having an idea, going out with a team. all All of that stuff really plays into a great factor for you to think about. And it's definitely worth planning ahead. Had I done a little bit of scouting, a little bit of planning, I might have been, well, I don't say, I shouldn't say might. I would have been more successful. But I was still successful yeah, <laughs> here in our local and my happenstance successful over there in Georgia. But those pieces really help. Don't be afraid to move. And I know I should, I've said that a bunch of times, but in reality, I know why I didn't move. It was because I was tired, I was lazy uh and i didn't think my team would want to walk i figured everybody was just kind of happy being where they were and we were just kind of enjoying the time but you got to move and it doesn't matter where how or what you just got to suck it up and move if you want to win you want to catch those fish you got to have to move to a new location if you're not catching so don't make that same mistake i did uh, just get up and go it's it's worth it even if you have to change beaches it's worth it don't sit there all day and waste your time. Very, very, it's just depressing if you do. Bait. We've already nailed that. That's a big lesson learned. Make sure you got it all, and don't forget to have some fun. I mean, the tournament, winning money, and all the accolades. Yeah, man, I get it. That's great, and it's fun, and you know, it 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 always feels great to be at the top of the mountain. But there's the other things too. There's the memories. There's the jokes, there's the laughs, there's the, uh, um, the mistakes that are going to be remained quiet on this podcast. Or, you know, anywhere else they'll stay amongst the friends and the happy chats. But go out there and have fun, take pictures, and just remember why you're there and it's to have some fun. You're fishing. You're not closing a multi-billion dollar deal. Your boss isn't yelling at you. Your spouse isn't asking you to finish the honey-do list. You're out there enjoying yourself, and that's all of the greatest thing about fishing. Go have fun, and tournament fishing is a blast. So, Well, this episode will stay nice and short. We're going to get you out of here, and I appreciate you being here. Have fun out there wherever you are. I hope you're catching a bunch of fish, and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. These episodes have helped somebody. I've got messages weekly of somebody saying, hey, yeah, the trip, that little trick helped me out. Appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you for listening. And I appreciate you for sharing and growing this community the way you have. Without further ado, you've been listening to Finding Demo Surfishing. I'm out of here.